Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. All right, welcome to another episode of Conversations About Light. Uh, my name is Caleb, I'm the host, and I'm joined here with Josh and Mark. Uh, how are we going today? Yeah, good thanks, good to be here. Yeah? Yeah, really good, it's a beautiful day, good to be with you guys. It is. One of the um, questions I have for you, for you gents today is, um, Josh I'm sure can answer this straight away, but what is oh. your favourite flavour of ice cream? <laughs> Plain vanilla. Plain vanilla? Yep, plain vanilla. Let me just try and investigate that a bit further. Is it because you like putting like sprinkles on or chocolate or just straight plain vanilla? No, plain. I'm I'm a simple man and just plain vanilla will do. I do put things on, but vanilla is good. Wow. (laughs) Did you know that that was a flavor? I I didn't know until recently that vanilla was a flavor. (laughs) I, I, I did know it was a flavor. It's just the plain ice cream, right? Yeah, but I thought it was a base, like you do something with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, that vanilla is just something that you use to make something greater. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> it's a stepping stone yeah. to true fulfillment. The, least, not fulfillment is the, the least is the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're admitting that it's the least. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, today's text is Luke 22, verse 39 to 46. So let's dive into it. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 46, in the English Standard Version. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came near to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation." Pretty striking, striking verse. Um, what do you notice about the the model of prayer that's found in the scripture? Yeah, I think this is a great window or look into prayer. It's Jesus' most um, intense prayer. It seems like he's sweating blood, and so and he's in great agony. And so I think I am definitely blown away by that that moment of prayer, that word that really sticks out to me, not my will but yours be done. That is that is the kind of, you know, the model of all prayer in, in some way. And, um, yeah, I think it's quite a powerful powerful um, sentence. If you When you think about it, it changes absolutely everything. And this is Jesus' prayer in his most uh, desperate moment. What How about you, Mark? Yeah, you, I'd like to notice that the um – Remember the disciples asked Jesus how to pray some time back mm. and he and then he gave us the Lord's Prayer. Now he just tells them to pray. So there's been some growth. The disciples yeah. have lent into prayer. They've, they've got prayer lives. 
following Jesus, which is quite exciting. And he's teaching them a different kind of prayer, pray that you might not enter into temptation. So something he taught them ages ago is now a weapon in their kind of spiritual journey. Josh, uh, what does it mean to pray that God's will is done? What does that look like for for you or what do you notice about that? I think Jesus is facing agony and anguish and something on a human level and Jesus as, as completely man is struggling at this moment. He's in agony. Now he's feeling the full weight of the human experience. He's going through something that is at a more difficult level than any of us have mm. will ever have gone through. So he's feeling the full um, burden of, of humanity and anguish. Mm. And in this moment he asks, even in that, God, I don't want to go through this in one sense, but he also knows he wants to do the will of the Father. And I find that profound. Like, how do I as a believer, wrestle between my human desire and my will and, and what God wants for me. And I think that is kind of epitomized here in this, in this prayer of Jesus, who, um, who's bringing it to the Father and saying, God, let your will be done. I'm, I'm intrigued uh, by my own will and by, let's say, Satan's will, who, you know, when Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms, there was no suffering involved. He's like, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms, you know, without, without the cross. And that's his will, you know. Um, Peter, who also doesn't want this to happen, at one point he rebukes Jesus, which is uh, never a clever move. <laughs> but he's like, "Don't, don't go. You won't die, Jesus." And and again, uh, Jesus says to him, "You know, get behind me. This is you don't have in mind the things of God." Mm. And so I find that's a um, an encouraging part of this text to notice that there is a wrestle between my will and God's will, and I find that sort of a daily problem. How about you, Mark? Yes, I also have a problem with my work. <laughs> That's what I was getting at, yeah. <laughs> Glad we clarified that. <laughs> yeah, well, what would you add, Mark? Yeah, I think um, just taking how far does prayer go, um, an angel from heaven comes and has to strengthen Jesus, mm-hmm. and it says, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. I think we can see something of this in our Christian lives, that when we are struggling, we we more quickly turn to prayer or we re-engage with prayer or we even accidentally just begin to pray. And I, I think sometimes we give we give that a kind of a bad rap, like how come we only pray when things are going badly? Um, I think actually I, I, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that we know that we can pray when things are going badly. Um, and in Jesus' model, you know, being in agony and, and as Josh said, you know, ag- he's, he's experiencing an is agonizing in a way that no human being um, has felt to this degree. Uh, he prayed more earnestly. That's all that could kind of hold him together. Even with an angelic being there to to strengthen him, he still needed to lean into prayer. And it's an encouragement for me. The disciples didn't get it right that night. You know, he said to them, yeah. pray that you may not enter into temptation. They fell asleep for sorrow. So they were mm. aware in some way of the spiritual heaviness the climate that they were in, they, were, yeah. they weren't oblivious to it. There was something heavy that they were sensing. Um, it knocked them out. They were exhausted by yeah. it. They were tired. They fell asleep for sorrow. Um, and then he wakes them up and says again, pray that you may not enter into, into temptation. Um, in, in other words, I think there's quite a, quite a gentle, loving rebuke um, that regardless of the season and especially when we're going through difficulty, that we need to turn to God in prayer. 
there's a hymn about that. There's actually a lovely hymn about uh, turning to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. And I love that Jesus is praying while they're sleeping. You know, they're sort of failing in one sense. And yet he's praying, and um, I think Mark, you was talking about earlier the, the scripture in Hebrews where he, Jesus is now interceding for us. Um, even when we fail, when we're asleep, as it were, Jesus is interceding. He's, he's um, praying on our behalf before the Father. It's such a beautiful picture. And I think maybe that sometimes that, that kind of verse of like the disciples are sleeping is, is kind of easy relatable, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's my life verse. I've, I've, <laughs> I sleep a lot when, and and have to rely on God working things out, yeah. and the opposite's true. I think we we're talking before about the the story of the boat on the water when when Jesus is sleeping, the disciples are panicking because mm. they they're in the storm, and so they Jesus is at complete rest, and they finding finding panic and and stress. So I feel like sometimes we're the same. We have a a sense of panic when when actually we we can be at rest. And yet sometimes when we probably ought to be seeking and relying on God and we're not. And Jesus knows about both of those um, those dilemmas that we, we find ourselves in and he's sufficient for both of them. And that's beautiful. It's remarkable the, yeah. the silly things that we turn to or I turn to mm. instead of God when we're struggling or under stress or feeling yeah. pressure. Um, I know with uh, statistically men often turn to porn, not only men yeah. but women as well. Um and you you, co- you compare something like that where it's like Jesus goes, you know, pray that you may not enter temptation. Yeah. And and one of the major things for men in Australia would be just to turn to, under stress and pressure, turn to porn or yeah. uh, turn to Netflix or turn to food or turn to laziness or turn to, you know, and there's all these other things which mm. can't actually do anything. They, they can't actually really provide any solution or answer that afterwards leave Christians feeling less empowered, less um, energized or strengthened, and yeah. uh, what we should be doing is just turning, turning to, yeah. turning to God. And I think the prayer where Jesus says, "Your will be done," right? It is kind of an exchange of what I want. God help me. Like in order to overcome the temptation, uh, he's encouraging the disciples. Jesus' model of prayer is, "God, let your will be done." And I think that's. Mm. Uh, a great prayer to pray, you know, let God let your will be done. Yeah. And strangely, Jesus is also a foreigner to death, if you think about it. He he was perfectly, he never sinned and he never never ought to experience death and yet he's going there for our own selves. I think we're not necessarily foreigners because we, we carry that sin with us Cons- in a sense constantly because we're always, always sinning, always you know, being in a sense given over to death in one way without the incredible rescue of Jesus. And so I find it so beautiful that Jesus here, who ought not to be tasting death in any way, is now finding himself at this moment of, I'm about to receive into my body the the death that we deserved. Mm. And so there's this kind of, I see a beautiful um, rescue, like you're saying, rather than turning away to other things, mm. is Jesus here offering a rescue, mm. offering uh, offering himself up to death. Yeah. in our place I think it's beautiful yeah, there's this picture I have of um, there's another scripture that talks about less of, less of me and more of you and this, this picture I have is of like a glass and me and my will and my life and what I want to do with it is like all these in, in my mind all these um, green little balls inside of this glass and the mm. prayer of less of me more of you is like taking some of those out and putting them to the side and some of God's will 
and heart for for my life and mm. uh, this world comes into that same glass and it's not it's not all of me or all of him it's a little bit of a mix but over and over turning to the lord in prayer and lord your more of your will less of me more of you not my will but your will um you know day by day week by week month by month year by year there's kind of the emptying of self until eventually that whole glass yeah. all is left is the will of god or the heart of god or the love of god um still the same person but something's changed in the heart yeah, very good do you notice anything about that partnership that Jesus is wanting to bring his disciples into with him. I think in the partnership, it's it's not an equal partnership. Walking with Jesus is not, as Josh said, he's, the disciples are sleeping. He's trying to teach them how to deal with these times. They, they're sleeping because they're heavy times and they're, they're downcast. But he keeps praying. And we have a high priest that intercedes for us. And so even today, it's not an equal partnership. Even though Jesus invites us to turn to God, even when we don't, he still is interceding for us. Mm. And he's still holding up our our end, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's not an equal partnership. Um, someone said this to me recently, which was very, very helpful. They said, you never measure friendship. And I said, why? And And he said, because if you measure it, it will always fail. It can never be 50-50. It has to... Friendship has to go unmeasured, yeah. and the and the good the best example of that is is Christ, where He never measures what He does for us based on how well we respond. Mm. So this invitation to turn to God remains wise. It remains what we should do. We should obey Him. The prayer is what we should pray, but in the meantime, He's He's still praying for us anyway. Mm. I think also there's a in this picture there's still a great affection that Jesus says, Father. No, not my will, but yours done. So he's still um, intimate. He hasn't lost um, lost the sense of the fatherhood of God. He remains um, in in a in a sense. He's knowing that God is still my Father. I trust His will. You know, there's an element of trust and security in knowing that the Father has got this um, right through. And I think that's a beautiful picture for us as well. Um, Jesus understands he's able to sympathize but also we have a father who who knows um how to hold all things and how to um orchestrate the whole universe ultimately <laughs> which is just beyond our control you know things are often far beyond my brain and i think we often get there and the only sense of peace that we can have mm. is to know that we have a father who loves us and is able able to care for us yeah Maybe um, just in closing or, or landing, um, the question I have would be, what should we do when we struggle? Mm. And Yeah, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on that in closing. I think that is a great question. God, could I pray in reality and model on Jesus' prayer, not my will, mm. but your will be done? I think if we went into this week and really prayed that prayer it, and and uh, got there, <laughs> where we meant, God, I'm setting aside my will and let your will be done, mm. that would be, that'd be uh, wonderful to pray that prayer in honesty. I want to go full therapeutic mode on this one. <laughs> Do, uh, it. Uh, Do it. My therapist says, uh, she taught me this thing called Ian. 
and it's just an acronym. It's pretty easy to remember. I A N E N. And the I stands for identify, the A stands for accept, and the N stands for now what? So I'll, I'll play it out for you. God has a will for our lives, for this world. God has a will that He wants us to obey. Um, and He really does want us to obey. And he wants to give us His Holy Spirit in order that we might obey His will and to empower us to obey His will. Um, so God has a will for us. But we, like Josh spoke about, we oppose God's will. Not, we don't always hold God's will in our hearts. Our, our will is sometimes often um, different to God's will. When that happens, which for me is daily, I can identify it and go, oh, I see how I, I, there's something in my heart that's different to what God's heart is for me. God is, um, Then I can accept it. Instead of trying to hide it or put fig leaves over it or uh, hide <laughs> in a bush, I can accept it and go, Oh my gosh, God, I see that I'm opposing you in this way. I see what's in my heart and, and just see it. You know, don't judge it. Don't hide it. Don't put up with it. Just accept it. It's there. But now what? And, and Jesus gives us an hour. Now turn to God. Say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Work upon my heart. I, I've identified something that's not your will. I accept it. I am a depraved person in need of a gracious and holy God. Won't you please work your will upon my heart thanks for joining us today to learn more head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations if you found this conversation helpful we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends 